politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth the conservative review with daniel Horowitz. in the political realm this is your show if you are looking for that leadership if you are looking for that voice daniel Horowitz back here for the last day of the week friday march 25th and we have about three days worth of stuff to somehow put into one day Um, a lot to finish up from the week We have so many voiceless people, whether it's the two-year-old that can't go on a plane without his breathing being covered, special needs person being forced into to to, to wear something over his head while at a doctor, the military doctor being fired for giving proper medical advice. Okay, that's uh, we're going to have a special guest from the military coming up soon to discuss that. People one year away from retirement in the military getting their careers completely destroyed for not taking a shot that they had a previous reaction to. We have them now foisting this shot on young children and babies. And where is the opposition? Well, we are always going to be that voice for the voiceless. We will never back down, not for a minute, and uh, that's that's what we stand for. That's what we stand for here, the forgotten man. It's not right. It's not left. That's why we are truly independent here. Um, so a lot, lot to get to. You know, I, I did want to get to some of the aspects of Jackson and the Supreme Court nominee crime. You know, some, some uh, thoughts on that. If not this week, we'll get to it next week. Um, our first sponsor. Okay, basically, if you own a business, you are not allowed to look at an employee the wrong way, except the only thing you can do is make them get the Pfizer poison or wear a mask. But for everything else, wrongful termination suits, minimum wage, labor regs, who knows what, it's a nightmare. HR manager salaries aren't cheap. It's about $70,000 a year. What if I told you I can get you a dedicated HR manager for Pretty much just $99 a month, could be month to month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime, and free audit to see if it works for you. Well, that's Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was specifically created for small business. Um, They could help turn your biggest liability to your biggest strength. So it's a big company, but the thing is, they have a dedicated HR manager available by phone, email, real-time chat. So it's not like you're going to get the runaround and you call into a service and you get a different person. That person is attached to your business um, and they will take care of everything in the realm of HR compliance. Go to Bambi.com slash conservative right now to schedule your free audit. That's Bambi, Bam to the B.com slash conservative. So folks, of all the things to get excited about to raise your blood pressure over, The single biggest problem we face in the world today is that we have a quasi-government-private partnership led by America, but it's global, that is engaging in a worse form of bioterrorism that we ever could have imagined would come out of groups like Al-Qaeda, where they are now creating pathogens, selling risk insurance on them, by the way, too, and creating side-by-side the solution, the vaccines, that are just as much, if not greater, bioweapons than the pathogens they create. And they're continuing to do it, 
and they're getting away with it. They're causing unimaginable degree of death. I mean, you look at the number of people who died from this virus that they created, who died from the vaccine, who are injured from both, who will be injured long-term from both. And now with all the evidence we have, we have to wonder, how long has this been going on? I can't believe I never played this clip. But I'm going to play a clip for you that really sets the table. See, it wouldn't have meant so much had we played it two years ago. But everything we know now about the timeline of the, cre- the likely creation of the vaccines, probably as far back as 2012, when Moderna entered their patents on, on, SARS, on you know, SARS coronavirus. And now that we know how bad this virus was, in what way it was bad, what caused it to be bad pathophysiologically, now that we understand the scope incontrovertibly of the gain-of-function research, who is behind it, and how this was a global effort, effort going on forever, now that we understand the obsessive studies of respiratory viruses for two, three decades, I want you guys to take a listen to this just a minute, but you, if, if you could go back on C-SPAN, if you want to look it up, it's February 23rd, 2016, six years ago, from Peter Daszak, the man at the center of this scandal, the, the president of the EcoHealth Alliance. If you want to look it up, it's on C-SPAN. Sonia Shah, S-H-A-A, moderated a forum on emerging infectious diseases and the next pandemic. The event began with Ms. Shah discussing her book, Pandemic Tracking Contagions from Cholera to Ebola and Beyond. Okay, it's like an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is. If you go to a minute 16 in or so, I'm going to play a minute clip. Take a listen to Peter Daszak from six years ago. The first question is more difficult. You know, you're right. It's a stamp collecting exercise, but some of those stamps are penny blacks, and some of them you've got to throw them out. Some of, them have, some of these viruses will be killers. Some of them won't. How do we work that out from a viral sequence? It's not straightforward. So as an example, first of all, the, we're only looking at viral families that include um, those that have gone into people from animals. So we, we narrow it down straight away. Then, you, then when you get a sequence of a virus and it looks like a relative of a known nasty pathogen, just like we did with SARS, we found other coronaviruses in bats, a whole host of them, some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein, the protein that attaches to cells. Then we, well, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work. You create pseudoparticles, you you insert the spike proteins from those viruses, see if they bind to human cells. And each step of this, you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people. So you narrow down the field, you reduce the cost, and you end up with a small number of, of viruses. Folks, first off, did you hear him catch himself midway? You have to watch it, really, to see his body language. He started to say, I created, and then, oh, the Chinese created. That's right there, right there. What he is talking about is the way to make something more pathogenic and more contagious. In, in, in SARS, he said, he said this six years ago. This is what he did. Okay? Six years ago. 
We now understand how how crazy this was. When did you ever see something? Usually a, the worst pandemic flu will stop at about 80 million infections in America. This thing is going to get every last person, sometimes multiple times. And yeah, the infection fatality rate overall is low. But if you look at certain age cohorts and then you add in the people that get seriously injured from it and ill from it, short-term, long-term, and then especially over 50, that's already a lot higher and even as a relatively small percentage. But if the denominator is every human being on earth, that's a hell of a lot of devastation that has been created. God does not create viruses like that. And especially post-medical you know, medical hygiene revolution with the current sanitation that we have, we, do, we don't experience things like this anymore. Okay? But we did. That's the answer right there. Six years ago. This explains Peter Bregan's book. He lays out the timeline. This explains how they knew with certitude there was going to be a pandemic. How they had all these bizarre things planned. Like clockwork. There's no way spontaneously, serendipitously you could have done all that. And that's how they had such a technologically advanced shot prepared. Make no mistake about it. This is the most high-tech medical device ever created. It's not just a botched rush shot. This thing messes you up in thousands of different ways, but it does it perfectly subtly over time so it's not noticeable. And then the efficacy is a flash-in-the-pan illusory that perfectly has that you know kind of illusory beginning of somewhat efficacy to, to get people on board, and then it goes negative. That's not a mistake. And again, we have the evidence that Moderna had the patents of this technology, the gene sequences that are found nowhere else but in a cancer drug that they patented several years earlier. And there's a lot of other pieces of evidence. It's right there in that quote from Peter Daszak. Folks, now that you understand, it's not like, oh, they might do this again. We're late to the party. I'm late to the party. That's why I am so, um, you know, so upset about this. We're coming at least 20 years late to this. We could say with certitude, they are doing this and have been doing this for longer. I have no doubt that at least some of the other pathogens that have arisen globally or in certain regions were created by them. They were experimenting on people. There's no question about that. There were, I remember when I used to cover the border from a public health standpoint, talk about the, the, the concern of diseases being brought in at the border, and I did a lot of research on CDC's website, and I always saw so many issues with Ukraine. I never understood, like, why? Okay, you had Africa, sometimes the Amazon areas, but you, then, then it was like Ukraine, like, huh, what, what's that? And Georgia, well, those are the two areas where they have their biolabs. Now that you know all the pieces of the puzzle, you can't look at anything in a vacuum. It's the preponderance of evidence. Now I want to present to you back that show we did with Metabiota, EcoHealth, DOD agencies, Ukrainian labs, funded by Hunter Biden, all coming back together. Because our buddies at National Pulse... Raheem Kassam has a new piece out today that is 
of utmost importance. Now, first, folks, while they're destroying us, you have to make sure you take control of your own health. If you haven't gotten it yet, make sure you get your pack of Z-Stack from Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. It's a concoction of zinc, kirsten, vitamin C, vitamin D, all in one pill, so you don't have to take four day. GMP certified, produced right here in the USA. Go to zstacklife.com slash Daniel. Enter promo code Daniel uh, to get um, a small discount on your first order. Now more than ever, you must take control of your health and your family's health because I can tell you there's a lot more coming out. There's a lot more irons in the fire. So National Pulse has an article out today that now they can confirm what they were doing in these labs. They have documentation that confirms it's dangerous. It wasn't just, oh, innocuous, like they want to say. So first of all, again, these labs were done in partnership with Metabiota. That is the San Francisco-based firm that has been cited for doing dirty things in Sierra Leone and Africa by WHO and CDC officials. They detect, track, and analyze emerging infectious diseases, sell pandemic insurance, and then engage in labs creating the pathogens and possibly vaccines as well. That that company was originally funded from an investment, $30 million, from Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners. That is Hunter Biden's um, Rosemont Capital, subsidiary of Rosemont Capital, um, funded by both Hunter and uh, Christopher Hines, who is the stepson of John Kerry, of course. And financial reports reveal that RSTP, this company that created Metabiota or funded it, um, they it's co-founded by Neil Callahan, a name that appears on Hunter Biden's hard drive. He still sits on Metabiota's board of advisors alongside former Clinton official Rob Walker, who, di- who discussed in another unearthed Hunter Biden hard drive email reaching out to o- the Obama Defense Department re- with regard to Metabiota. Okay? Metabiota has works with EcoHealth on DOD contracts in Ukraine, the same nexus that works with the Wuhan laboratory. And, you know, again, we had EcoHealth um, former EcoHealth official Dr. Andrew Hill on the show, who believes Dasik is a CIA agent, and he very strongly believed that the gain-of-function problem is much more uh, handiwork of Intel and DOD than it is NIH. And I, I think this really proves it. A feature in the Science and Technology Center in Ukraine's 2016 annual report recounts a trilateral meeting with Ukraine, Poland, and the U.S. Regional Collaboration on Biological Security, Safety, and Surveillance. The article describes in particular an October 2016 meeting, note the year 2016, involving U.S. military officials and their Ukrainian counterparts discussing cooperation, surveillance, and prevention of especially dangerous infectious diseases, including zoonotic diseases in Ukraine and neighboring countries. Remember, you know, if you watched a few minutes before there on that C-SPAN clip um, with Dazik, that's what he talks about constantly. The zoonotic stuff, what jumps from a, a animal to a human, that's what they were studying, how to make it pathogenic in humans. It's right there. 
In attendance at the meeting were the Biden-linked Metabiota, um, Defense Department officials, the, the key agency there is the DTRA, Defense Threat Reduction Agency, Black & Veatch, as we noted on our show last time in my article on it, that is the main like construction company that, that constructs these labs, works with Metabiota. The meeting focused on existing frameworks, regulatory coordination, ongoing cooperative projects in research, surveillance, and diagnostics of a number of dangerous zoonotic diseases such as avian influenza, um, leptospirosis, Crimea-Congo hemorrhagic fever, um, hemorrhagic fevers, you're going to see that a lot. Um, they had breakout meetings there um, to collaborate contracts. Um, Metabiota received 18.4 million grant from the Defense Department. Allocated for Ukrainian research projects. Um the researchers whose work is described as being funded by the U.S. Defense Threat Reduction Agency through the Biological Threat Reduction Program in Ukraine isolated the strain of the deadly virus using a pig from Ukraine. Tissue samples were collected from a domestic pig from ASF outbreak number 131 in Kiev Oblast, Ukraine in 2016. The samples were frozen and total DNA was extracted in duplicate from spleen tissue using the power microbiome RNA isolation kit. 2014 paper um, talks about a study of anthrax there. And yeah, I mean, this is this is what it is. They would collect... If you listen to what Peter Daszak... Listen to a few minutes before and after from that you know hour and 16-minute uh, marker I, I gave to you on uh, C-SPAN from Daszak, that is exactly what he described the creation in Wuhan, that he said the Chinese did it. He actually first said he did it. This is the Chinese did it. Um, literally describing. I mean, any, any one of our doctors and scientists, like Ryan Cole, Robert Malone, they could tell you that is exactly what makes COVID as problematic as it is. And this is what they were doing in Ukraine. That's what they're still doing. So it's a long article. I don't have time to go through all of it today. But folks, I will tell you, they have created and still are creating pathogens and vaccines at the same time to kill us with. I can't think of anything that North Korea, even China, um, Iran, Al-Qaeda, Hamas are doing that are this degree of a threat to our lives and liberty, because it's both. They destroy our lives and then use it as an impetus to crack down on, on liberty. It's truly unbelievable. It is unbelievably disgusting what these people are doing. So I want to get to a little bit of other news today before we go on to our guest. Um, there's a new study in JAMA, 179,000 asymptomatic rapid antigen tests were tested. They found 62% of them were false. So what that means is that a lot of people who thought they had COVID at the beginning of the first year, they didn't really have it. So that's a whole other issue here. 
a lot of people think, oh, there's a reinfection. Now, I do think if you, I do think you could get reinfection um, if you had the shots because it destroys your immunity. But this is a whole nother thing. They're going to panic over a lot of people think they had it. They didn't have it. And we locked down a bunch of people for nothing. So that's that. There's another interesting study out from JAMA, published in JAMA. It's, there's a UK Daily Mail piece on it. Basically, the study says, it's in, they looked at all the ivermectin studies. And I'm like, it's interesting. It seems like it works only in the countries that have parasitic diseases, but not in the ones that don't. And it's cockamamie. Like, what does its efficacy against COVID have to do with whether there's, you know, yeah, I mean, we know it works against parasites, but what, the fact that there are parasites would somehow juice up its efficacy against COVID? It either does or doesn't. I mean, like, what, what does that mean? Do you know what they're saying between the lines? That if you look at all the studies, there's something very interesting. The ones done in countries that don't have parasites, a.k.a. countries that are higher income, that's what it means. Read between the lines. Dr. Flavio sent this point to me. It's not my own observation. I wouldn't be smart enough to glean it from there, but he was. Those, it doesn't work. It only works in the low-income ones. You know why? The low-income ones can't afford to buy Pfizer's Paxlovid, whereas the high-income ones can. So that's why they produced a bunch of fake studies. I'm sure if you find out, if we were to be able to dig into a lot of those things, those fake studies, they all came from Pfizer, Moderna, and whatever, you know, Big Pharma. Now, by the way... um, there, there is some good news. Uh, Kansas HB twenty two eighty passed out of both houses. Um, you know, ensuring uh, doctors don't get punished for prescribing off label. We shouldn't even need a bill like this. Um, I don't know what the governor is going to do. The governor is a Democrat, but she has been kind of scared to buck um, the the legislature there. Um, so we might have the author of the bill on next week. Uh, he's a doctor. So that is good news. Alabama, those of you in Alabama, I need you to get out in force. SB 312, good bill. Not only does it make sure doctors don't get punished, but it actually forces hospitals to make ivermectin available to any patient who requests it. It did pass out of the Senate Health Committee. It's being considered in the House Health Committee. But I'm hearing that you know leadership is going to try to make sure it can't really get to the floor. So SB 312, make sure you are all over that. Okay, so speaking of fabricated trials. One more point I want to get to before our guest today. Um, This segment is sponsored by Patriot Academy. Uh, Folks, their constitution coach program is the only way to harness patriotism, constitutionalism, and local activism all in one. Uh, You sign up at patriotacademy.com to be constitution coach. What does that mean? You organize in your area, the patriots in your given area, to come, you meet, you study their constitution program together, and then it will tick you off when you understand how far we've deviated from it. And then that will prompt you to get together and form these strike force teams. So again, go to patriotacademy.com. Also, keep an eye for constitutioncoach.com for the information on our May 22nd Constitution Defensive Handgun Training in Raton, New Mexico. Um, those of you who are in Texas, there's no excuse for not driving there. You don't have to fly and wear a mask. It's going to be a five-day defensive handgun course. You learn how to shoot from the holster, how to shoot on target, trigger control, um, proper grip, proper drawing technique. 
It is true. How to win a gunfight. It's, it is it is the funnest thing imaginable. And really the funnest part is we get to meet each other. I will hopefully be out there as well. You can meet me and other members of this audience. So again, um, look out. The details should be coming soon to constitutioncoach.com. So folks, part of the most satanic thing going on is that Moderna and Pfizer are now foisting their disgusting poison on children. On children. On babies and toddlers. Moderna is submitting authorization for as young as six months. Six-month babies. This is worse than Joseph Mengele. Even in the most conservative view of the dangers of the shot, we know Pfizer's own FOIA document, thousands of maladies that have been created. Whatever the percentage likelihood is, thousands of them. We know cardio is extremely likely on children. Myocarditis, that we know. The neurological, the immune suppression. I mean, on and on and on and on. Um, EUA, emergency use. Well, they declared it over. Everyone declared the pandemic. How is there an emergency for the cohort of children that even at the peak of the pandemic, there was never an emergency? And indeed, in their own fake trial, which is fabricated, it shows zero serious illness in the trial group and zero serious illness from COVID in the vaccine group, in the placebo group. And by the way, it's not just true for the six-month to four-year-olds. It's true in... um. In all the children cohorts, the teenagers also, if you remember, I mean, they had the same thing, zero efficacy. So they claim, and, and here's the deal, off the bat, they're claiming 37 to 43% efficacy against infection. So, like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. So right away, that's unlawful. It's straight up in FDA's document. It has to have 50%. But it doesn't matter. Nothing matters anymore. Now, obviously, as you well know, this is Omicron. And there's not a single piece of data that – so it's like Charlie Brown in the football. 95% effective. Oh, whoops, we're negative effective. Now they're like, it's okay, it's 40%. Dude, every single piece of data, not just from the UK but everywhere, it's negative effective up to negative 300% against infection. Their whole thing was it protects against serious illness, but they're saying there is no serious illness among kids, so it only protects against infection, but only 40%. But we know with adults, it's negative 300% effective. Against Omicron, are you kidding me? So again, it's fabricated. But what I'm saying is even if you would trust their data, it is, it, it, it's below the threshold. Moreover, even they admit 17% of kids got fever from the shots. So you're, you're, you're literally swapping... You're giving them, and this is short term, literally, it's fresh off the presses, a few weeks, no long term data, while we're seeing long term from a year, not super long term, but a year, all these adults dropping dead. I mean, it's insane. A friend of my Dr. Dr. Lynn Finn put out a Twitter thread today. Um, she's a cyclist, so she's, she's very plugged into that. Just five cyclists that, that have died this week. It's crazy, the stuff that's going on. Um, it's out of control. The immune suppression. I just put out a Twitter um, on Twitter uh, comparison between Nigeria and South Korea. Why do I compare them? Because they're two countries 
that are emblematic of one is East Asia and one is continental Africa, both of which barely had any death the entire pandemic. Except once the vaccines really built up, they decoupled. Asia vaccinated like anything, and now they have the worst death they've ever had. Africa is nothing. Africa, Nigeria is a country, massive country. Okay, largest country in Africa. 211 million people. They had zero death and just 80 confirmed cases the entire week. 4% vaccination rate. And I'm sure none of them have boosters. Okay? So you're foisting all that risk on the kids for, a, in, in their own words, it's negative, it's not true, but a 40% reduction in getting the virus that at worst will cause a fever and nothing more serious, but the shot gives them fever. Then, by the way, it says that, and this is very scary, very, very scary, the majority of adverse events were mild or moderate and were more frequently repeated after dose two. So they let out fever. They say there was no myocarditis or pericarditis. Yeah, right. And we see the follow-up. Often you need a massive follow-up for that. It's not even early enough to say that, but let, let's just trust them. They, they've lied on every other trial, but let. But there's thousands of others. They only give you the data on fever, which is pretty high. How many... Adverse events were there. They don't tell you. But what they do tell you is the majority of the unknown, of the unspecified adverse events were mild or moderate. Moderate is a, is a, is a term of art. When you're, because they're always going to try to play it down. No matter what it is, they're always going to play it down. And even then, they're admitting, they're letting out the word or moderate. Wait, so what share of that was moderate versus mild? That makes a big difference. Mild could be a typical, yeah, you know, some soreness, some aching, some some fever. Moderate could already be some problems that could 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 pretend long term issues. Um. So, and the majority, not super majority. They don't say overwhelming. They don't say almost all. The majority. Well, that could easily be forty percent. Were not even mild or even moderate, but were severe. We don't know, but it sure sounds like that. This is in their own thing, which is clearly fabricated. But then there's the worst thing of all. And I couldn't believe this when I read their document. Their dosage for kids as young as six freaking months is 25 milligrams. Do you know Pfizer's adult dose is 30? Moderna's adult dose is 100. But think about it. I looked up... The average six-month-old girl is 16 pounds, which means you could easily have a 14, 15-pound baby. I think mine at six months was less than was less than 16 because she, she was kind of small. Um, still is at, at almost two. And they're being given one quarter the dose of, let's say, a 150, 160-pound adult. Okay even though 
They're like one-eighth the weight. Folks, that's even Pfizer. So here's what's going on. Here's 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 what's going on there. <clears throat> so Pfizer basically, um, they, they basically found the zero efficacy for two reasons. A, because there's zero efficacy, and B, because there's no problems with COVID for young kids anyway. They don't even have ACE2 receptors at that age, so it's not a problem. So how do they justify it? So they started this new game where they create a new endpoint of not not clinically what happens, but 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 biologically what sort of uh, levels of antibodies are stimulated. Now, as you well know, that doesn't tell you anything. It's the T cells that matter more, and you know, anti you, you got to see clinically what's going on, right? But that's what they did. But even then, the the reason why Pfizer had to pull their request and they delayed it because Pfizer was ahead of Moderna is because. It failed to even do that because they're caught with catch twenty two. They under even they understood they see they understood with babe like babies and young kids just dropping dead. They, they they have to make it subtle, so they dramatically reduced the dose for kids. That's what they did. Pfizer was smart about that. Um, so with with this age cohort under five, I guess they did three micrograms. So even they were smart enough to do three. The problem was it didn't stimulate it. So Moderna was like, well, screw that. You know, we'll 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 get ahead of Pfizer and get our baby trial approved first. And they went to 25 micrograms. But that's gonna that's gonna crush them. These people are worse than Joseph Mengele. How every red state governor and legislature should pass a resolution, we are gonna ban the distribution of these things in our states. But no, Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. But I do want to get to our guest. So I mentioned at the top of the hour that there are so many voiceless people in this country for whom there is zero political representation. And nowhere is this more evident than in the military because you're silenced, you sign away your life to the government. These are people often multi-generation in families that wanted to serve their country. They love the military. They love the branch of service that they or their, their fathers and grandparents were in. And yet now they're being forced to take a jab that is outdated, unnecessary. We have so many issues. We now we talked about the DMED scandal, where in the military in particular, we have seen an insane amount of injury just at a at a conservative level, not just from a database, but from real actual testimony of doctors who treat active duty soldiers. And yet they have nowhere to turn. You have religious exemptions being denied. You have medical exemptions being denied. You have doctors who speak out are being fired. You have soldiers being dishonorably discharged a, a year or two away from uh, their retirement, losing all the benefits, sometimes, have, sometimes having to pay back uh, you know, training. I've heard of pilots that got damaged, got heart ailments from the first shot declined to take the second shot and they're told if you don't you have to pay back what like three million dollars worth of uh aviation training i mean things like that oh it's over covid's over the mandates are over no they're not maybe for you not for the military and it shocks me how people don't care and it's broadly emblematic of what's going on i don't have time to really delve into it but today i have a column out 
talking about how Republicans for years and still to this day, they only care about quantity, not quality in the military. So they wrote a desperate letter to Joe Biden. Now, what, what would you think it would be? Oh my gosh, you got to stop the mandates. You got to look into DMED. You got to look into the cover up. You got to look into people being fired. No, it's all about we need more money for the military. Money, money, money. But if you don't change the policies in the military, what good is the money? It's going to go more into green energy, more into the licentious anti-Christian agenda, more into the gender bending. I talk about it in today's column. The you know It's funny. Uh, what's a woman, right? What's a woman? They can't recognize female and male except when it comes to shoving them in combat. Well, they're like, no, there's no difference. Me- women are men too, except, well, they're not. So we're going to have lower standards. But they're the same and they're not the same when it benefits us. I mean, this is the stuff we need to be working on. What's our broad strategic vision in the military? You know, you know, that that that's what the NDAA is for. First you look at the scope of their mission, then you have the probes bill. What 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 do we want to fund? But it's always just about dollars, dollars, not about policies. Well, with us today to to I think bring this all out is Dr. Sam Sigaloff. He's a major in the US Army Medical Corps. Um, he is. He was the medical director of a clinic at Fort, Fort uh, Wachuca in Arizona until he was suspended for for having the audacity to offer medical exemptions for people who needed them. And you know he's uh, named in certain court cases for people that were denied, and we can't talk about the court cases. To be clear, any opinion expressed today from Dr. Sigloff is as a family physician. He's in civilian clothes today, not as a member of the military DOD or the U.S. government. Um, But again, he was suspended for unprofessional conduct, disseminating misleading information to patients and distributing uh, and distribution of vaccine exemption letters characterizing vaccines as genetic therapy. Dr. Major Sigaloff, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me on, Daniel. Uh, yeah, so I just want to make a real quick disclaimer. I know you already said it, but any view that I express is solely my own. Does not is not the view of DOD, of the Department of the Army, nor of the U.S. government. I am currently on leave, not in uniform, and my uh, public affairs officer is aware of this interview. Perfect. So, but but broadly speaking, you still are generally in active duty military. You're not retired yet, but you are suspended. So you're a family physician. Uh, to be clear, you're not a unit doctor, so you're not dealing with the health of active duty military. Primarily, you're dealing with the families, wives. First, talk about clinically what you've seen um, in your practice among those who have gotten the shot. Okay, well, also, so I just kind of want to give you a little preface. Like you said, I see family members, but I've also been out of practice. So the suspension deals specifically with me practicing medicine. And I've been taken out of practice since September 13th. I haven't seen a patient in clinic since September 13th. And when I was seeing patients, I, I saw, you know, an elderly retiree wife come in. And she had rash, a rash on her leg shortly after she had Moderna. And she said, I have this rash. And I look at it and, you know, you try to, rashes will usually blanch. Meaning you push on it and the redness goes away and it comes back. It was a non-blanchable rash. So that's petechia. That's pinpoint bleeding underneath the skin. And sometimes that can be benign. Sometimes that can be the harbinger of death. Yes. And we've seen a lot of that and it's been in the documents. Um, 
you've talked before about nursing women. So you'll deal with kind of, you know, military wives sometimes. Uh, we've all talked about the lunacy of pushing an emergency shot on pregnant women, something that has never been done. It violates every medical ethos around. But what have you suspected you've seen with nursing women? It's interesting you bring that up. So one thing that I've learned through this process is when women breastfeed, the proteins in their bloodstream are concentrated in their breast, in their breast milk. And so when you breastfeed your child and you've had this, this, what they're alleging is a vaccine, and it's filled with spike protein, and let's say the spike protein is the dangerous part of the virus, and it is, as we know, um, and it's, you're, you're basically giving your child something that could be quite dangerous, and it can cause problems. But then there's the other part of it, too. So there's, there's a couple things going on. There's the lipid nanoparticle, which are fat-soluble. And there is a lot of fat in breast milk because children, adults, everyone needs saturated fat. And, and so that, does that transfer? Do those lipid nanoparticles transfer in the breast milk? I don't know. I do know that uh, per the Pfizer 5.3.6 cumulative report, uh, it says that there are problems that they've seen with breastfeeding women, about 14% of them, and they have things like irritability. They'll see rashes. They'll see weight loss. They'll see all these different complications, fever. I know one of the four infants that I saw was having fever for four months, every single day for four months. So much that he would be sent, this child would be sent home from daycare because of the fever. And you couldn't diagnose anything, but you did know that the mother got the shot. It, all of these symptoms for these four patients began within a week or two after mom got second shot of Moderna. Look. And, I, and this, this child, you know, if, if you know anything about medicine, a child who has a fever for extended period of time needs to be evaluated for Kawasaki's. And the workup for Kawasaki for that child was negative. The child did not have Kawasaki. Wow. Wow. I mean, it, it's very apropos. A couple moments ago, we were just talking about Moderna pursuing this shot for six-month-old babies. And, uh, you know, the assumption was that until now, uh, babies and toddlers haven't gotten the shot. But, yeah, I mean, that is something. Are they truly an unfettered control group against this? Because what about the nursing babies? And, I mean, what you're saying is nothing new. <laughs> we know that any uh, nursing women are discouraged from taking any therapeutic whatsoever uh, that has not affirmatively been proven safe for breastfeeding babies uh, precisely because it does transfer over or, you know, it, it, it definitely has the potential to. So this is an avenue I just heard you talk about before, and I, I found that fascinating. Um, it should be noted for our audience, you could find Dr. Sigalov's podcast, After Hours with Dr. Sigalov. Look that up, and you could, you know, hear him talk about this more. Um, but I do want to get to, you know, kind of moving over from, okay, you're a doctor to the military and a military doctor. Um so one of the things that I've gotten tons of emails that are heartbreaking from people, it's not just people getting kicked out. It's that as soon as you apply for an exemption, you are marked. It's like you're a bad person. You're a bad apple. You won't get good assignments. You won't get promotions. So even if ultimately you give into the pressure and you get the shots, you are tagged. And you're going to have problems in the military for the rest of your career. Could you elaborate a little bit on your own experience? They took that to uh, the next level that just for offering medical exemptions, you got suspended. So to this day, you cannot practice medicine in the military. 
Right. So until I get my privileges back, uh, which we're in the process of, of negotiating for that, um, I can't practice medicine anywhere. Uh, also, currently under investigation in Texas um, for the misleading information. Um, and it talks about that a lot of that information is available in the children, Children's Health Defense uh, article that was written about me. So this is all public mm-hmm. information. Well, well why all, Texas? Um, you're you're in Arizona. So I'm licensed in Texas. So the way it works is I have to mm-hmm. be licensed in at least one state, and I can practice on mil- any military installation as long as I have a license in one state. Got it. So here we have a red state, Governor Greg Abbott, um, and we have the state medical board going after a doctor for expressing concerns about the gene therapy lipid nanoparticles. This is all proven in multiple peer-reviewed studies that have now come out in the ensuing months, and this is an allegedly red state under Greg Abbott, and this is happening. We've had another Texas doctor who is in trouble. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable, and everyone needs to make sure that the governor and his staff hears from you. Uh Okay. And, and just so you know, there's another army. I'm sorry. There's another military physician. I'm not going to give too many details, but this this physician sent sent service members to a civilian doctor that was an immunologist. The civilian doctor, who's a you know, specialist, and a civilian doctor gave these service members an exemption to not get the jab because they he he determined that they're allergic to the contents of that of the jab, and so this. The military physician took that that paper, put it in their chart, and sent it forward for those uh, service members to get an exemption. The military physician is now under suspension, and the military physician received the shot. Yep. In other words, so he wasn't even categorically saying, look— Broadly, it's a bioweapon. Broadly, this thing is destroying humanity. He just said, look, I mean, at a minimum, and everyone knows this, even with the safest of shots that are studied for 10 years and have a much better track record in safety and efficacy than this, this uh, Frankenstein, whatever it is, um, you know, the the allergic reactions, I mean, that that's known, that it's like anything else, and you have certain ingredients, and, and that's the classic medical exemption. Um, that's been going on in the military. So is that what happened with your patients as well? Right. So I, I wrote, uh, my medical exemption was based on the fact that the lipid nanoparticles, kind of what you just discussed. Um, there are some public documents that where you can read more about that. Um, however, the lipid nanoparticles, if you look at their material safety data sheet made by the manufacturer of those lipid nanoparticles, they say that they're not for medical use. They're not for uh, veterinary use. They, they're for research use only and all safety relies on the end user. So if I mess up, it's my fault. It's not the company's fault if they harm me through this, this wait, wait, What's the title of this document? It, it's, a, it's a legal document that's placed in the Robert vs. Austin affidavit. Okay, and, and this is... Um... It's not even for veterinarian use. So they say ivermectin's a horse medicine when, of course, it's not. It's a human medicine. I mean, there's a tribute to Merck to right. this day for saving you know millions I'm, of people in Africa. But that, they say it's a horse. horse You're saying fluid all the, time. the LNPs yeah, aren't water. even eligible to be used in animals. Um, and you know the 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 toxicity issue. So my question to you is, what is different about these LNPs? I mean, we do have LNP technology to distribute certain cancer drugs throughout the body. I mean, we have had LMPs. What, what's different about this? So the interesting is, so when I first saw the ingredient list of Pfizer and Moderna, 
I looked at some compounds that I had no idea what they were, looked them up. DSPC and DSPE are actually in both of them. And I found a patent from 2017. And DSPC and DSPE were both patented for the sole purpose of delivering drugs through the blood-brain barrier into the brain. Now, the gestalt as physicians, uh, the kind of the feeling and the thing that everyone thought was that the shot would go in your arm and stay in your arm. Then why would they add these compounds that was designed to take it to the brain? Yep. I mean, Dr. Urso describes it as a garlic dispenser shaker. It's designed to get garlic particles at every last corner of your body. And, but what's more interesting about that patent is that's not where it ends. It also talks about the, the side effects and the problems they have with it. And then I've also found a patent from 2014 that also talks about lipid nanoparticles and how, and those two combine the ideas behind them is that there are suppressed immune response from these lipid nanoparticles. There's these pseudo allergies that people are having. There's all these different problems and they don't even know how long it stays in the human body because it's a fat soluble molecule, meaning it can go into every cell. It can stay in the cell membrane of every cell in your body because every cell in your body, the membrane is made of fat. Um, that is pretty unbelievable. So you share all this information with your superior commander who is not a doctor. Um, and what's the reaction? Summarily suspended. Summarily suspended. And then the your patients, they had their uh, exemptions revoked. Correct. So a non-medical professional took it upon herself to practice medicine by revoking my medical exemptions. In yeah. most places in the world, we call that a felony. Yeah. However, the FBI, they don't care. The CID, that's criminal investigation. Um, that's like FBI on post. They didn't care. In fact, I got in trouble for trying to report a serious crime. So just to be clear, I mean, there's no law that states that, I mean, because the military is kind of different that, you know, the commander could just say, you're getting this, you know, um, you know, your medical exemption is not, I'm saying they don't have discretion to say your medical exemption is not valid. No, they don't. There's actually law. And I stated in, in one of my documents that I supplied to the courts um, and as part of my different defenses for various uh, investigations that I've had against me, but there's actually law that says that if the commander disagrees with the doctor's opinion, then the commander must issue a, it's called quote, fit for duty examination. That's where the doc, that's when the doctor and the commander's opinion differ. You get someone else to evaluate, to see if this soldier is fit for duty. And that you're saying that done. never happened. Never happened. So you say you're concerned that the ingredients are going to cause allergic reactions in some of these these patients, they were, you know, to be clear, these are not the religious exemptions that are more carte blanche. It's a very targeted medical exemption. You're a doctor, so it's you're you're the one issuing them, and they're like, screw that, you're not doing that. Um, now, you are also trying to treat patients for COVID as well, because they say COVID's such a big deal that you need to give them an experimental right. shot. But then when they get COVID, what's their treatment regimen? The treatment regimen, as it currently stands on this post, is go home, hope you don't die. Now, you I, so you weren't happy with that. And what did you do? No. So I started giving ivermectin as there's lots of good evidence behind it. And then while ivermectin was still a TRICARE covered benefit, meaning TRICARE covered it and I didn't have to have any prior authorization, it was banned from use. 
meaning there was a person on post that took it upon themselves to issue an order to keep life-saving medication from going to a patient. Is that Even, individual a doctor? No. No, sir. Okay. And, and, that, and on top of that, that's withholding TRICARE benefits. So someone who is not a physician was going above and beyond what Congress said is available to patients. They took it upon themselves to restrict the medical care. Since then, ivermectin has become a prior authorization drug, meaning TRICARE won't pay for it to treat COVID. Now, this is a very interesting topic that a lot of patients and even nurses, especially nurses, don't seem to understand at all. Is And I'm not digging at all nurses. My wife is a nurse, and my wife completely understands this whole topic. I want to make sure that I'm not digging at nurses. I'm digging at some nurses that don't understand this. Is Because insurance doesn't pay for it, that doesn't mean the doctor can't prescribe it. Exactly. And the reason insurance, insurance doesn't, doesn't pay medicine. for it is the same political thing why they're going after doctors. I mean, it's a redundant manifestation. Right. They all got together and said they're going to you know, declare unprecedented war on a drug that, even in worst-case scenario, it would be no runs, no hits, no errors. Right, it's certainly proven it's safe. Safer than Tylenol. It's a, yeah, it's established safety profile. Like you disagree, does it work? This work? This type of COVID? This stage? This person? Okay, whatever. But I mean, we we I mean, uh, don't don't you deal with off label heavy duty stuff all the time? For all the time, and I've never been given an order where I can't use any medication off label for anything else in my nine years of experience. Nine years of experience Ever. there. Okay. So what happens with you? What what where what happens with someone like you? Because right now I feel like you have a double mark on you. In other words, your military career is really in hot water. And then, but because of that, your ability to practice as a doctor, even as a civilian later on in life, will be jeopardized as well. So so where do things stand with you personally? And you hit the, the nail right on the head. It's not good enough to get me out of the military. They want to destroy my entire life and everything I've worked for and to help save people. Right, because if you take my medical license, then I'm unable to practice medicine. And physicians spend the majority of their life not doing other things so that they can learn how to practice medicine. And so our skills are, are kind of limited. And so they're not just trying to get me out. They want to destroy everything I've ever worked for and to prevent future patients from ever getting help from me. And so, I'm, like I said, I'm under investigation in Texas. I'm currently trying to negotiate. I've given an offer see if, if they'll let me go, if the military will let me go and reinstate everything as many of the concerns they had as alleged misinformation has actually come out and been true. Yep. We just talked about the lipid nanoparticles. I actually had a nurse in a sworn statement to give you an idea of how, how twisted this is. When I was developing these ideas, I showed a nurse and she said, where did you get those, those things saying that it causes mutation of the gene? Is that from some Q research? No, this is the material data sheet from the manufacturer yep. of the particle that we're injecting into people. And the manufacturer says, do not put it into people. But since the FDA said it's fine, so we'll go stick it in people. So now part of the reprimand that you got, I saw the document and they go by hearsay. So um, you're, being, <laughs> yeah. you're being reprimanded. They claim they people overheard you 
um, raising concerns about the vaccine. So it wasn't even just an action of that you gave this treatment or counseled people as a patient, but in conversation. Is there any precedent for that? And could you just describe a little bit what happened first? Yeah, so I was speaking to someone and I perceived, I perceived and do perceived and is currently a legal battle going on in multiple courtrooms to find out if this is an illegal order that soldiers are mandated or military service members are mandated to take this. Um, and so I brought that concern up with someone sitting next to me. That person sitting next to me put it in a sworn statement. And now I have a, a memorandum of record reprimand saying, well, you, you said that this was an illegal order and that they shouldn't follow it. Yes, if it's an illegal order, no one should follow it. It's actually our duty to go against it, to go against it. Uh, there's, a, there's a time in Vietnam called the May Lai Massacre. Those were illegal orders. They should have not been followed. There's a time in Germany where they were given illegal orders. They should not have been followed. Following orders is not a defense. So, you know, it's funny what your case brings out to me is what a lot of people, a lot of average people that are very well-intentioned, I think the biggest thing they couldn't understand is they say, well, we see such unanimity of opinion. All the doctors seem to be saying one thing, so it must be true. But what the, the picture you're painting is like, oh, it's obvious why they're saying all one thing, because if you don't, what exactly happens to you? So do you get the sense that in the military that a lot of other doctors are seeing the issues with it, but they're like, I ain't doing what Sam's doing. I mean, he's going on a suicide mission. I think most of them will never see it because they're too spiritually blind to be able to see it. Wow. I had in a chat group I was in on Facebook, I had a pediatric cardiologist say, it's no big deal. It's just a little bit of uh, myocarditis. <laughs> There's no such thing as a, a mild case of myocarditis in a child. And there's no guarantee that it's short-term either. And in fact, it's very likely you have long-term scarring and everything. And and I know, you know, we have a mutual friend in the military that was involved in a patient, a very healthy pilot, that out of nowhere yeah. had a stroke, his liver damage, every blood panel you could imagine is messed up. He's in really, really bad shape. And, I mean, picture a young pilot just out of nowhere she consulted with four other doctors because it touched on various different specialties. And, she, you know, all the four other ones see no evil, hear no evil about the shot being administered, you know, a few weeks prior. That is not even a, a, on the radar. So it certainly is a spiritual fight. Um, where are things, I know you can't talk about the details, but just in general. Um, so some of your patients, because they were denied, they have court cases and you're involved in that do you have your own court case so i i don't have my own i'm a plaintiff i'm a named plaintiff and and you can read about that in that defender children's health defense it's all public public there um and the court documents are all public and it clearly delineates almost date by date time by time of everything that's happened to me to suppress my voice and again, I'm sorry I'm speaking so cryptically, but there are certain rules that I'm not allowed to speak about. So I'm, I'm referring to those so that you can post or your listeners can, can find um, because I, sure. I can't get myself in more trouble. Um, but, you know, I, I look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abendego, and, and they were thrown into a fiery furnace for not bowing to the, lo the, the God at the time. Yep. 
And for some reason, this seems that this shot is the, the, the God of the times. It and is. we've got Fauci saying he is science. So is he the, the chief priest of this? And, and to, to go against this, they'll remove everything. They'll take your military career. They'll take your medical yes. career. They'll leave you with nothing. And, and I'd rather that, just like Shadrach, and, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would rather go into the fire, and it would, would have been better for them to be burned to death and never walk again on the face of this earth than it would be to bow to that false god. But that's a big and, sacrifice and I, that a lot of people aren't willing to make. I mean, uh, just to be clear, did you get your medical education through the military? They paid for it. So I went to undergrad uh, with ROTC scholarship, and then I went to med school with an HPSC, which is the equivalent um, where they pay for medical school. And so I owe until June of 23. I'm currently uh, submitted to negotiations to try and get my resignation. But I, if you would resign from try the to, military, you would have to pay that back? Potentially. Potentially. So that, I tried that, to submit that's an another... unqualified... Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I tried to submit an unqualified resignation back in December. And because their refusal to, to accept it allowed me enough time to actually become one of the DMED whistleblowers. So I do think that was a God, a God thing working in my life. Yes, and it should be noted you are one of the named – you are willing to put your name out. There's a lot of other people we know involved in that, but three of you put your name out. You are one of them um, You that you witnessed the downloading at the time of those data. Um, clinically, you didn't deal with it as much just because you weren't a unit doctor. The others were um, – but there are a lot of people that saw that. But I think we could all understand why there are so few people like you. Because, again, your career is destroyed. Often you'll have to pay back all your medical education. So it's not like – a lot of people are like, I'll find another job. So in the civilian world, it's hard enough. But here, you know, you, you can't. You, you, whether find it's another a job and yeah. you have no way to make money because you've lost your license. You lost your – you put your whole life into the military. I haven't yet, but – Right. And then you got to pay back. If you're a doctor, you got to pay back the medical. If you're a pilot, you have to pay back the aviation training. Um, I mean, this is a huge catch twenty two. And 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 look, th this is where the idolatry you talk about comes in, right? Because there's one thing you say: the military kind of mandates a lot of shots. Okay, we see this coming. We have a pandemic mandated. But then it went on and on and on. And you know, I started talking about the shots in March this time of year. You know, early March twenty twenty one. And, you know, we knew there were problems. We started talking about it. I could have never imagined it would be quite this bad. But we learn and we see you open your mar mind, you open your heart. I didn't come with this agenda. I, I was never anti any vaccine before. I didn't even see this coming. It was the truth that led us here. And these people refused to see it. So that's what's shocking. After everything we see, after the fact that the variants changed, so it's an expired shot, it's negative efficacy, um, the pandemic has been declared over anyway, mainly in the civilian world. Why would you double down on this? You won't even deploy a destroyer because the commander in that case didn't have a have a show. Why would you do that? I mean, it just it makes no sense, but it, it is spiritual. And that's where I wanted to end it with you, Dr. Sigalov. Um, do you believe that this is a broader agenda, not just about an idolatry behind the shot itself? But do you think that let, – let's face it. I mean let's talk about a mutual friend, okay, Dr. Peter Chambers. So that guy is like – you know, he reminds me of what the military used to be, got in the 80s, Green Beret doctor. I mean that guy is like 
you know, toxic masculinity all the way. I mean, that that's what a, yeah. an American special forces soldier was. And and you, you obviously use that that toxic ingest. To yeah, I'm using it exactly. Like I mean, him. he's exactly yeah. what it yeah. is. Um, what, what they view as toxic, but what we view as heroic. Out heroic yeah. and life-saving and and what what has really you know preserved freedom around the world and they want people like that out, the, out of the military do you believe that this is part of a broader more systemic problem in the military that's not yeah. just the shot mandates but ties into crt social yeah. engineering and all the other stuff to kick the christians out of the military so when when lot was in um they thought him in Gomorrah and the, the two angels of the Lord went over and they tried to pull the city, tried to pull them out. There's a lot of things going on with that story, but I think another part of the story that I've recently heard that I like and I never really thought of is it's like living in a society and in your own, own home, you can do what you want. You can be in society, but not be in the world, but not of the world. And, and when they pull you out and make you participate, well, now they're making you actually participate in it. Like, like with the man who had to bake a cake, a Christian man who didn't want to bake a cake to participate in a, in a ceremony, but they forced him to participate. That's just like what was Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, being in the society and yeah, being in your own home and whatever you want, but it's not, that's not good enough anymore. You actually have to say it. You have to participate in it. You have to be part of this, this bending of the knee. And, and to be abundantly clear, even if all of these, you know, alleged vaccines and these shots were completely safe. And let's say it was, normal saline that they are sticking in people, you would find me in the same place because I'm not going to bend. I follow God. Yeah. I mean, you sound like the type of person that uh, a lot of the higher ups wouldn't want in the military, even divorced from this. And that's unfortunately what we're seeing. And, you know, it, it ties into, that's why you have the CRT curriculum now and things like that because they want to shove it on you, make it that you have to participate in that curriculum. So this is just the latest, most immediate way of thinning the herd. Um, here's what I don't understand. Out. You, you're you, yeah, sheepdogs. You're 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 about my age, and what I don't understand is people our age, and then certainly. I mean, gosh, the people going into the military, you know, in the pipeline would be half our age. So certainly you get younger. Who would want to join the military of that ilk? That's what I don't understand. I I don't know. And I, I know my my son, he's he's fairly young. He's less than 10. And, you know, he sees daddy coming home in uniform and he, he wants to wear his camo so he can, you know, look like daddy. He's, he's not going to be allowed to go in the military ever. Because the the trust that that maybe was there or maybe i was just too naive to see that there shouldn't have been trust the trust is completely broken because you have these documents that say oh it's mandated they're mandated to get an fda approved and then they they do this sh quick shift where they say oh but you can volunteer to take anything now we're going to punish people who didn't volunteer because there is no fda approved community it doesn't exist it's never been created Yep, and a Florida judge said that they're, you know, agreed that legally they're not the same. Um, you know, you could say whatever you want scientifically, but then, okay, so then give full approval to the one that's out, but they didn't. So well, what are you Pfizer doing? Pfizer also, if you look at their, if you look at Pfizer's documents, they have three different vials out there that have a different color top, orange, gray, and purple. Yes. And they're different ingredients in each one. And the ones that they say are inactive ingredients, how do we know? 
How do we know they're actually inactive and they're not actually causing problems? We don't know. One of them is diluted. One of them is not. Why is there so much variability in one company? One company. And does that generate the variability in outcomes and, and why we're seeing so many different outcomes? Some people not have problems. Some people have mild problems. Some people die. And uh, we have the AMA document from the FOIA you know, court decision there. We got the FOIA documents that demonstrate at least a half a dozen different dosage levels, too. They're not all 30 uh, micrograms from uh, Pfizer. I mean, and, and that might shed some light on why some people have more issues than others. I mean, this is this is crazy. I mean, e- even the, the most mi- minimal things that we know already, which portend a greater problem, but even if that greater thing is is, is not true, uh, just what we know already makes this immoral. Again, it's over. It's outdated. It's We have negative efficacy. Um, it, it doesn't matter and anymore. Just for the listeners, just for the listeners, the negative efficacy, because we hear uh, safe and effective, safe and effective. And when they say safe and effective, there's, there's a wide definition for effective. One of them can be it's easy to administer. So it's easy to, for healthcare providers to administer. But efficacious is a completely different word. And it means how well does it work? And negative efficacy means you actually have a greater risk of infection than if you didn't get it. Sure seems that way. It offers no protection. All the data we have now demonstrates that. They could say there's confounders, but we certainly don't have data affirmatively showing the other way. So, you know, the the countries like the UK that are putting out weekly reports, that is what they're showing. Um, and, uh, you know, I know uh, we have data from the Texas National Guard. We've seen negative efficacy uh, in the military specifically. Uh, just to close out this segment here, could you give me your broad picture on what military families are doing? What what has changed in them the last year or two? How is this going to reverberate? Because um, personally, I never joined the military, so I didn't have that emotional attachment. And I was already saying during Obama's time, I said I would never let a child join the military. There's there's huge problems there. Um, but, you know, there's people that had it in their bloodline. They kept, you know, uh, signing up even over the last decade. Where do you see that recruitment headed forward? I, there's people still going in today. I don't, I don't know what, where they're living that they're missing all of this. Um, and maybe they don't have a problem with all this. Um, but I think medicine and the military are going in the same direction. And it's <laughs> a complete shattering of all trust. Medicine and military. It's a very powerful statement. I mean, you can't do without without both in a society and that's how you you know have a nuclear attack on your own civilization medicine and military so in other words could i take it dr siglov that you agree with my premise in today's column we have more problems than just needing an extra five percent approach so above inflation for fy 2023 in the military oh we could talk for another couple hours on on the potential problems of the future It's all about dollars and cents. Just give the defense contractors more money, and it's all good. The military is in good shape. Well, Dr. Sigalov, we certainly uh, wish you well um, in, in your endeavor here at the legal battles. Um, my heart goes out to you, but uh, you know this just underscores how criminal it was for Republicans to completely give up their leverage on the omnibus bill. While the country was saying we're getting rid of this, the mandates are dumb, even the Democrats were starting to agree, and then they just quietly kept the military stuff, and no one fought for it. 
um, because they don't matter. They don't have a voice, but we will try to be that voice. Again, you can find Dr. Sigalov's work at After Hours with Dr. Sigalov. Look it up. Uh, God bless you for coming on, and please keep us updated. Yeah, thank you for having me on. And remember, courage is more contagious than fear. Amen. And folks, with that, we are way out of time. Thank you so much for joining. Till next week, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.